Well, we're talking about out-of-body experiences with Marilyn Hughes. We'll come back and chat more and take your calls on Coast to Coast AM. And welcome back. Marilyn Hughes with us. George Norrie back with you. Marilyn, tell us about the Tao of Mysticism. The Tao of Mysticism is actually a follow-up to how to have an out-of-body experience. It's a film that we put together to help people to become a deeper mystic. Uh-huh. Um, so we go into, you know, the mystical theology, um, the, the information that is available to us from, you know, literally hundreds and thousands of years of mysticism um, and put it together in a usable format for those who want to really go deep. And uh, since you've been doing this, and you've been doing this for a number of years now, and have you found that people are becoming more acclimated to this? Oh, yes. You know, it's interesting because what I find is that people are very easily brought into the out-of-body experience. You know, I was told when I was writing The Mysteries of the Redemption that um, people would, just by reading the book, spontaneously start having the experiences. And I've found that over the years that does happen a lot. And so many, many of my readers just naturally start amending to the experience. And we do have, you know, other books and resources available, and they're all available for free at the website at outofbodytravel.org. But um, people do um, easily acclimate to it. Uh, It's just a very simple adjustment in your perspective and the realization of the fact that these worlds exist, that the veil is penetrable, and that you can access it. And, you know, I think what um, some of my books provide is, is like a map, a window, a way to feel more comfortable that you know where you're going and what to expect. And so, yes, I really see a lot of people having a lot of experiences uh, and going pretty deep into not just the out-of-body experiences, but deeper and deeper into the mystical life and this transformative process, this purification journey where they are really experiencing spiritual transformation. You know, not just random experiences here and there, but they're really on a journey, and it's a beautiful thing to see. In the uh, writings of Sylvan Muldoon, Hayward Carrington was the astral projector, and, okay. and, but Sylvan Muldoon was the actual writer. He writes about in certain levels or planes of the astral plane that you can get into an area where there's some entities that you don't want to hang around with. Have you found that to be the case? Well, that's absolutely true. And in fact, that's you know, pretty, pretty strongly the case across the board in the astral plane, because the astral plane is a purgatorial realm. It's a, it's a, it's not a, it's not a great place to hang out. The astral plane is basically like a mirror realm of the third dimension. And so it's kind of a lower kind of realm. In the astral plane, you're going to deal with the uh, shadow, shadow parts and the, you know, people who have just crossed over and people who are staying in a very unpurified state who are not progressing into anything further. So they're not going to be, they're going to be, you know, mischievous, mischievous, and sometimes, you know, doing uh, dark and mischievous things. And um, you have lost souls there. You have uh, wandering spirits. 
you also have, uh, you know, souls with some dark intentions. So absolutely. Uh, you also run into parasitic type entities that you want to be careful of. Like leeches, um, right? Yes, definitely leech type beings. You'll have beings with like octopus, like tendril type beings. And, you know, also uh, other types of parasitic, you know, things that were, are similar, you know, you'd kind of consider them like vampiric. Uh, where they kind of suck the life, the energy out of you. And so there is a lot that you want to learn about. I write a lot about this in my books and give a lot of direction on discernment and how to uh, navigate and understand, you know, good versus evil and how all of this operates in the spiritual worlds as well as in the physical worlds. And it's really vital for us to understand this. Let's go to some calls for you, Marilyn, as they're lining up. Joe in the Bronx. Hey, Joseph, go ahead. Hi, George. How are you, George? It is all good. Thank you. Good, good. Marilyn, it's very interesting, the subject matter you speak of. Um, I'd like to ask, earlier you mentioned that you were in the uh, um, the uh, um, throne room of God. Uh, I'd like to ask if you seen a physical image of God, or is he a vibrational entity? And you also mentioned that you wrote on the back of Michael the Archangel. I'd like to ask you, what does Michael the Archangel actually look like? Oh, wow. Yeah, great questions. Thank you, Joe. Um, you know, the first question in the throne room, when I experienced the throne room, God was a presence that permeated all life, all existence, and I got to experience his movings and meanderings through all creation. It was very, uh, very uh, fascinating. And I mean, it was just a mind-blowing experience. In that particular experience, that is how it manifested. In, you know, in the experience I had as a child, he manifested in a different way. And I think that that was probably because I was a child and it was necessary. I think in most of the experiences I've had, God has manifested in a similar way, a field of being, a universal creator, an energy that permeates all of creation, and you feel it, you know it, and it's, um, it overcomes you as this, this unconditional love. The oneness of all life permeates and contains you as well, and, um, and the mysteries of all life enter into you as well. There is a thread that goes through all existence that you experience in the out-of-body travel state that is of God that is, is just inherent. So I hope that's helpful on that question. Um, St. Michael is huge. St. Michael is huge. He's like 20 feet or something like that. I right? would say bigger. Um, you know, when I rode on his back, I was literally like on his, sh on his shoulder and I would, I would be, you know, I'm like a little, I'm like a little, uh, you know, two or three inch creature at that point. Oh. <laughs> I mean, he was huge. I'd say a hundred feet. With or with, with or without wings. Um, you know, when I saw him, he did have wings and you know, he was, when I, when I was with him on his back, he was white and he had a purple hue. And I don't know if that was his 
actual color or if it was the color that was radiating from him because of the galactic heavens, because we were flying through the galactic heavens. We were in space. But there was this beautiful purplish hue, and his wings were white, and his hair had this purplish hue. His eyes were purple, and his face was white. Um, and I was on his shoulder, and I was just like a tiny little two- or three-inch thing. He was so big. You were like a bug. I was like a bug. <laughs> I really was like a bug. And it was just, I think what I was just so amazed by, uh, but, you know, I've seen him. I've seen him many times, but I'm just referring to this one time. But in this particular experience, it was just amazing because he was able to subdue um, anything, you know, demonic or dark or whatever with a thought. It was li- he was literally that powerful, and it was really awesome to see. Um, but I've seen him many different times, and I've seen him in the presence of the other archangels as well, and I've seen him in his home planet. Um, and, you know, there are these beautiful, uh, what do you call them? I would say like monuments that surround his home on this planet. You have to go through these uh, rites of passage in order to enter. And um, he has this secluded little round house where he stays. And I'm sure it's not the only place he stays, but it's one of the places I was allowed to see. And I was allowed to watch this other time when he was being summoned by um, another army of, of uh, some, uh, there was something happening where there was a spiritual warfare and they needed St. Michael to come and call the army of the archangels and the principalities and powers. And I got to watch this as he came out and he called in the other archangels and all these angels just started gathering, all these golden light beings just coming from all over the heavens to come and battle this force that was overtaking a part of the earth. Um, and it was just really awe-inspiring um, just to watch, you know, this battle. Uh, between the principalities and powers and watch how it played out. You know how sometimes right before you go to bed you get that jolt, that feeling? Is that the astral body leaving your body and you somehow realize it and it pulls it back down? That can happen. And, yes, sometimes it's it's actually when somebody is coming back in, you know, and they've been out. And it can also be when you're, actually just about to get out and then you become conscious you know one of the biggest obstacles that people run into it's easily overcomable though so don't worry about it because you can overcome this and you can watch the film how to have an out-of-body experience and you can learn how to do this people talk to me about this all the time where you get out of your body and then you get startled because you're like oh my gosh i'm out of my body and that excitement can actually thrust you right back into your body. And so what you learn to do over time is to subdue and control that, you know, that reaction so that you can move through the experience without, you know, jolting yourself back into the body and 
that is something that can be done, and a lot of people do it with a few times. You know, they go through it a few times, and they're able to move through it. It's a real common part of that process. And yes, with that particular experience, people are often either coming back in or trying to go back out, but there's that surprise element which always thrusts us back into the body. Let's go to Mayette in the New York. Hey, Mayette, thanks for calling. Yes, good morning. Lordy, Miss Lordy. Great show, George, and thank you, Marilyn, for your work. I have a two-parter, and I'll listen over the air, please. Uh, first of all, there's a part of me that says, beam me up. I mean, when I look at the present reality at the 1984 and Brave New World and trying to mandate an outside injection of chemicals, I want to know three principles, even before streaming and reading, that that we should be anchored in, especially around that that murky and negative astral realm. And the second part is as we get to the point where we meet uh, these ascended beings, master. And I noticed that when Joe referred to the God principle, he referred to as male. But I want you to expand on that in terms of the goddesses. And those masters, and are they telling us any information for our realm and future, what what we could be looking at in the future in this crazy land? And I'll listen over the air. Thank you so much, George. Okay, Maria. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead. Um, there is, you know, first of all, we'll start with your first part there, which is, you know, I'd like to just point out, because everybody feels that way, um, just a reminder to all of us that we are here at this time because we chose to be here at this time. We're incarnate during these unusual times because we kind of elected to do this. So even though we all feel that way, we all want to beam up and get out of here and say, you know, ah, this, this is, you know, too much. We want to remind ourselves that we selected this. And that means we have a part to play. So when you're tempted to lose hope or be, you know, like, I want to just give up, remind yourself you wanted to do this for a reason and focus on trying to discover what role that is that you're going to play during these times. And as to, you know, first of all, yes, the feminine principle of God is very much the creation force, you know, uh, a lot of people don't understand that uh, the Holy Spirit is the divine feminine that moves through and brings in creation. You know, you have father, mother, and child, and this is how creation comes. Through the divine feminine is the influx of the spirit birth, and that's what uh, the feminine brings to all life. But in terms of what we're hearing, um, in terms of what I've been specifically told, I've been told that the years 2026 to 2030 are going to be of extreme importance in terms of how things are going to play out in this realm. And so what I've been told is those years will determine what will happen after. And... Um, 
we will have um, either, you know, serious apocalyptic type events. Like we have, like we have now. Yes, and natural disasters, and but it'll be worse. You know, we it can get worse, or we can possibly try to turn this around. But there is a lot of darkness churning here, so this is an unusual time. You know, it's interesting though that we also have other prophecies out there that tell us the years 2027 to 2032 were indicated in the um, the prophecies of the popes and in you know prophecy that was given to pope john the 23rd was the year 2032 and so there are quite a few prophetic types of messages not just those but many others that are showing us those particular years and so you know we can look at that decade from 2025 to 2035 as being very pivotal in what we will basically see as to where we're headed. In terms of what I've been shown, it has been that we have to preserve the light. Um, we are not really in a position here where we are, you know, having some great victory or something like that, but we have to right. preserve our light because there is going to be a great deal of confusion and darkness that's going to reign. And what we're doing is we are holding it tight for that time when we can bring it forth again and reestablish it upon that earth. So don't lose sight of how important it is to simply preserve your light while these things are happening. A lot of people can forget how important that is. We forget that a remnant of light can be the difference between a future with or without uh, goodness and love in the world. Can you get energized by astral projection? Oh, yes, you do. You get energized. You, get, you, know, you go through these vibrational raisings. You receive these energetic influxes. Um, you're taken to these other realms where you are, things are downloaded into you, frequencies and energies and information. Um, creative things are given to you. You're given instruction. You know, everything I've ever done with the Out of Body Travel Foundation and every book I've ever written, it's all given to me in the Out of Body Travel state. Every single title, every single thing I was told to do wow. to establish everything. Uh, the music that I've been given was all given to That's me. That's amazing. Marilyn, hold on. We're at a break. We're going to come back and take final calls in a moment on Coast to Coast AM. On our next Coast to Coast program, we are going to be talking about Armageddon. Will it happen? And then later on, we'll be talking with a psychic about the world's events. So you'll be part of the program, of course. We are back with our final segment with Marilyn Hughes. George Norrie with you. Marilyn, where can people see your films and documentaries? You can go to our YouTube channel. Just head to outofbodytravel.org and click on our YouTube channel, and you can check them out there. You can also see our books at the website. All our books, music, art, everything is available there for free. All right, let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Gary in Cleveland, Ohio. First-time caller. Hi, Gary. Oh, good evening, George. And what an honor it is to talk to such a wise uh, teacher, uh, Marilyn, that's what you are, without a doubt. 
Oh, thank you, Jerry. Thank you. Interestingly enough, I've had uh, two out-of-the-body experiences. One was when I was, uh, I I found myself on some etherical plane, and it, it, it appeared to be sort of a coliseum or or uh, auditorium or so, something like that. And there were a bunch of individuals there. You, you, they were sort of silhouette, and they had uh, white uh, robes around them. And my purpose here was to ask them if, in fact, uh, they accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And once I did that, it was like, those who seemingly did began to ascend to higher, higher planes. Now I had no religious training or background. I was not religious at all, but I knew that I believed in God and accepted God, but I seemed like I was charged to do that that night. And then what I found out is that um, some higher powers wanted to charge me with uh taking and training dogs to find missing people. Oh, That's wow. one of the cool. things that I've done during my lifetime. And uh, when I got was going through training that I never even realized I was going through, uh, I was introduced to cadaver product uh, with my dog. And uh, I prayed to God that I didn't want to go look for dead bodies or anything like that. But yet, uh, it turned out that I had to do that. It was just the strangest thing in my lifetime that that's ever happened. Well, you know, it's interesting that you you bring that up because one of the things that people do find out in out-of-body travel, I wrote about this in my books, was, um, you know, that we find out, you know, that in the um, mystical spheres, in the celestial cities, Jesus Christ is, uh, you know, he reigns. He reigns as a, as a God and supreme ruler. You know, he is the Messiah, um, which is a station. And one of the things you learn very quickly is when you're in trouble with anything demonic or dark, you call on him. <laughs> you, know, you inherently understand that that's who's the person who's going to be able to get you out of trouble. And you learn very quickly uh, that th- there's power in um, his name and who he is. And it's because he reigns over not just our world, but many worlds. I learned um, in my traveling into the galactic heavens as well that he is known by other planetary beings. And so this is a mystery that, you know, we can't necessarily explain except that he um, he is what he is. And you find that out very quickly in the out-of-body travel experience if you're traveling into the cities of light and into these spheres. And I think what you did was you went to one of these places and were called and charged to do this. And then when these people understood that, they then did ascend to a higher vibration, a higher frequency, because that is simply the nature of who he is. And, um, so it's a great experience. Thank you for sharing it. Marilyn, why do you why do you think prayer works? It's interesting um, because it's it's energy, it's energy, it's intention, and there is this <clears throat> excuse me, there is this intention that 
we have for one another that is honored in our universe, this loving goodwill towards one another. Um, One of the things I have seen, because I have witnessed and been in the presence when prayers are received and been spoken to about, well, this prayer has been received for this person, and then the action is to be taken. There is honor and respect towards the good intentions of, of us, towards others, and towards uh, humanity. It is, you know, it's energy, but it's also intention. It's also just simply that respectful honor that when we do this, when we ask, you know, it is that simple ask and you shall receive, that there is honor, respect, and just, um, it's just honored. I guess that's really just the only way to put it. It's honored when we ask for the good of another, even when we're asking for the good of ourselves. It's honored. Um, All right, let's go to Jamestown, North Dakota. Jeremy's with us now. Hello, Jeremy. Hello, George. Um, Marilyn, I have a question. Hi, Jeremy. I I was in a tragic car accident over 17 years ago. I was immediately in a coma for two and a half months. I remember when I was in the coma, I think, I was uh, walking up a mountain trail with my now ex-wife, and all of a sudden a bunch of boulders started falling down. I pushed her into a crevice, and a boulder knocked me off the cliff, and next thing I knew, I woke up in a hospital bed. Was that a out-of-body experience? It might have been. And ironically, the the boulders coming down might have been the way that you were being told that you were not supposed to cross at that time and that you had to go back. You know how you hear with some people who have near-death experiences that they're actually told that by relatives or by a divine being. In your case, it seems like it was those boulders that we're telling you, go back. And so, yes, it very much could have been an out-of-body experience or a near-death encounter of some kind, and you were being instructed to return. Could have been a cognitive dream, too, I guess. It could have definitely been that as well, yes. Absolutely. In astral projection, in your particular case, how far out have you gone? Oh, wow. Have you Um, gone to other planetary systems? Oh, yes, many other planetary systems. And I've gone into the tachyon fields, which are the realms, you know, the particles beyond the speed of light. Um, uh, I've gone into many different planetary systems. I've gone into, uh, you know, I've gone to the 23rd dimension where the golden angels reside. I've gone into the realms where the masters are, you know, where the masters reside in the galactic heavens is a unique place because uh, they have a lot of real difficult rules as to getting in there. (laughs) Um, Then there's also all these different places of learning, which are all about. And so it's really hard to put 
a quantifier on where all these places are and how far out they are, but there are these vibrational ways of knowing how far they are. So, yes, I've been to many different planetary systems, many different celestial spheres, hundreds and hundreds of, of heavenly realms, purgatorial realms, hellish realms, all of those places. Um, there really is no limit to the worlds beyond. Let's go west of the Rockies. Paul's with us in the state of Washington. Hi, Paul. Oh, thank you, George. Thanks for taking my call. Sure uh, thing. Let me just uh, preface this by saying that uh, Colossians 1.18 says that all realms, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, all okay. realms, invisible and visible, are made for him and by him. And with that said, uh, to your guest, if you can hear my voice, am I in the astral realm? Um, well, the reason I say that is because the things that I see are like what a couple of George's guests, uh, Steve uh, and this other gentleman, I can't remember his name, but the one gentleman says our masters are, they, they have no fear. We've been, we've been fooled and this, and Steve says they look amphibian, which would tell me that they're reptiles. And one time I took this picture of this UFO and now that when I looked at that UFO and me and this other girl, you could see a face after face after face. And now this artwork that I see is, is the same. And this is uh, like attacking me. But I did have a couple thoughts, like the one caller said, that I feel like I'm here because I'm supposed to find somebody. and I'm supposed to help somebody get saved because they're always talking about uh, crossing. They, they, they can't cross, you know, and... I, I don't remember dying uh, unless I'm being gaslighted. I don't know. Do you cross oh. over at all, Marilyn? I'm sorry, what? Can you cross over if you're still alive? Um, no, not permanently, not like that. Um, so I would say, no, you're not, you're not crossed over, Paul, but you may be having an experience where you are existing in both worlds a lot, where you're comfortable in both worlds. Um, and if you feel like there's somebody that you need to help, what I would definitely recommend is to start praying for that person. Um, if you're feeling that presence needs assistance, um, there are specific prayers you can try. You know, the Chaplet of the Divine Mercy is one of those, which is uh, given particular promises that assist Souls in crossing over, I utilize that prayer a lot for helping souls in crossing over. Um, but you can utilize whatever kind of prayer you're comfortable with uh, for that soul. You want to start praying. Whenever you feel like you have a soul that's nearby and kind of attached and bothering you, um, it's always an indication, oh, you probably have a soul that you need to start praying for. Um, we forget that um, when souls are in a purgatorial state, they need prayer. And so we start with that, you know. And then um, if, you, if you have experiences in the out-of-body travel state, you may be led to offer them some type of assistance. Have you had that sort of thing? Um, I get death threats 
I get death threats a lot from these spirits or these, I, I, I feel like they're demons, uh, but they're like, using humans to do it because they can't at this time because and i feel like these out-of-body experiences i don't have like out-of-body experiences but these okay. these notes i'll just tell you i don't even like to say this because people think i'm a nut but it's engraved and i challenge anybody to come to my apartment and look on the wall and it's all engraved in there like a life story but these pictures are just I've seen pictures of hell, which one of George's guests had described. I, I felt like I was there at one time in a dream. But, but let me get back to your question. Uh, I feel like I'm being threatened, but I think these, these have body experiences that other people are having. Are, they're trying to host other people's bodies. They're trying to get in these bodies like... Um, well, that's what you meant by um, a leech, Marilyn. We're almost out of time, Marilyn. Only have about a minute and a half okay. left. Yeah, in your yeah. case, Paul, I would just say... Um, you may need more more specific help. You may even need to, you know, get a Catholic priest involved. See if you can get some type of uh, like an exorcism assistance there. Would it be like an exorcism? Yes, you know, you'd have to have special permission for that. But if he's being threatened, that's definitely, you know, beyond a lost soul or a ghost. It's definitely beyond that. And so I would definitely say he might need more help. Are these are these out of body experiences religious experiences for most people? Some people, well, some of them are, but not all of them. You know, because what you have to understand is that, you know, our whole life has a spiritual framework. So there's a spiritual framework to it, and religion falls into it, but it's not a part of every single experience. But you will find that they fall into that. And then if you look back into our history. You know, our great religious figures were, you know, oftentimes having out-of-body experiences, and that's where the great revelations came from. In fact, one of the books that I wrote was Near-Death and Out-of-Body Experiences of the Prophets, Saints, Mystics, and Sages in World Religions, which talks about and goes to those moments to show these, uh, these events and experiences that they had and how, you know, all these great religions were actually founded on out-of-body experiences as well. So um, it's, there's a religious framework that can come into it, but That's we just remember... That's pretty dramatic, though, Marilyn, to be sure. We're out of time. Marilyn Hughes, thank you so much for being on the program. For Michael Cosio, Dan Galanti, Tom Danheiser, Lisa Lyon, Lex Lonehood, Sean Latasur, Stephanie Smith, Chris Morrills, Tim Benall, George Knapp, and Ian Punnett, I'm George Norrie, somewhere out there on Coast to Coast AM. We'll see you on our next edition. Until then, be safe, everyone.